This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. As anyone who has lived here can attest, uh, springtime is largely a farce along the Rocky Mountain front. And if you want some real warmth, you need to head south, as many anglers and guides well know. Um, As I understand it, our guest today should have received a recent dose of vitamin D. She recently returned from a trip to Mexico. Uh, Carly Rowland, welcome to the February Room. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, as I mentioned, you just got back from, from somewhere in Mexico, uh, and I think I saw a, a picture of a pretty awesome-looking permit. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so we were at Playa Blanca Lodge, um, where our owners of Trout Hunter, Rich and John, they've been hosting trips there for a while. So um, I was lucky enough to go down there for a week with them on one of their hosted trips, and 
bring a couple of my clients, and it was an insane week of permit fishing. I mean, it was crazy. I was spoiled. It was my first permit. <laughs> was that your first time permit fishing? No. Well, I went to Cuba two years ago, and I permit fished pretty much the entire week, and I probably had three shots, and I wouldn't even say a single followed. And then I caught, in Mexico, it was insane. I mean, we, uh, I landed four for the week and Whoa. broke off, yeah, broke off one, <laughs> came unbuttoned on another, and um, had a lot of follows. And that's all I did the entire week, but it was crazy. Wow, that is awesome. Um, so you guys had, obviously had good weather for, for permit fishing down there. You know what? The weather actually wasn't very good. Our first day was cloudy, but the fish just wanted to eat. I mean, if you could put a fly in front of their head, like in front of their mouths, they're going to eat it, which isn't, from what I hear, not typical at all. It was just, so it was really hard to find them. I, three out of the six days, I made maybe one cast because you couldn't see anything. Um, So cloudy. One day we didn't even start until 11 because the rain and thunderstorms were so bad. Um, And then the days, my first day, it was a pretty good weather day, but it was still, you would only get about a half day of sun and then the rest you would, can't see anything once those clouds are out. But overall, the fish we saw, they'd eat it, which is crazy. I mean, one of the days I saw one fish, one cast, ate it and just got lucky. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I have... uh... Uh, I'm on the other side of the fence. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been permit fishing multiple times, and I probably I've casted over a hundred of them. Never landed a good one. I've, I've I've never been down there when they when when they would eat the fly. Like it just you know it's been the typical permit scene where there's been I've, I've been on trips with with really experienced permit anglers. I think one guy caught one one week we were down there. Maybe I saw one. My buddy caught one. Um, when I was with him, which was awesome. Wow, to land, uh, what'd you say, you landed four? Yeah, I landed four. My boyfriend got three, and we hooked 12 total for the week. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it was this, crazy. What's the name of it? This is, uh, <laughs> which which lodge is this, Playa? There's so many Playas, I can't keep them, I can't keep them straight. Which I one know, is this? I know, So this is Playa Blanca, which is the sister lodge of Casablanca, which a lot are more familiar with. So it's a little further north. Um of Casablanca. So is this south of Tulum? Um, I don't really, I think it's, it has to be south of Tulum. I'm like, don't really know where Tulum is. Tulum is south of Cancun or is it right next to Cancun? It's south of Cancun. Then yeah, we're definitely south. Okay. And that lodge has been there for a long time, but was recently renovated or something. Am I right? Um, I know it's been there for, I believe, 27 years, which is as long as one of the guides, he said he's been there since the get-go, so, um, and I'm sure it's been renovated, it's beautiful, but I honestly, wrong person to ask, because I've, it was my first time there, but it was incredible. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I fished there, um, about half a dozen years ago, we were down in Tulum, um, just kind of on a DIY trip. Really, it was just a vacation, and um, and you know I'd do some fishing out in front of our uh, palapa, um, and there were permit around. There was bonefish around. There were cuda around, and then um, we booked one day at Playa Blanca um, nice. with a, a guy that had been there forever. But when we were there, it had just rained a ton, and there weren't many fish around. 
Um, I think we only saw one or two permit, but um, yeah, it had been my understanding that that's one of the best places to go. Um, you know, when it's when it's happening, the permit fishing can be just amazing down there. It sounds like you hit it on the nose. That's incredible. Yeah, we just got we got so lucky. The first day was like tailing permit everywhere, and. I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, it was my first time really fishing for permit and just got lucky. And then, yeah, the next day was total wash. And I don't think I made a cast. I think my boyfriend made one cast that day just because the weather was pretty bad. And then I didn't see a tailing permit the rest of the week, but man, when we saw them, they wanted to eat. So it was incredible. I'm like still kind of shaking about it. I'm like, I wish I was in Mexico, but that's okay. Congratulations. That's really cool. Yeah, I had uh, one of my buddies, two of my buddies just got back from, from Belize and uh, and they just didn't have good weather at all. They said it was overcast and you couldn't see the fish and it was just, uh, neither of them caught a permit. Uh, you know, a yeah. week of fishing. That is awesome. I'm going to have to go back down there and uh, and give it another go one of these years. I'm kind of mad at permit right now. <laughs> I needed a break from them. <laughs> it's fair. I'm sure I'll be mad at them. I just got spoiled. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? This stuff's easy. And then everyone's like, oh, I'm going to strangle you. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I know it's not easy. I had my taste of, of Cuba and all I did was permit fish and skipped out on tarpon and bonefish and snook and everything and um, casted my fly rod. Like I said, maybe three times. So, Well, so you paid your dues a little bit. A little bit, but I'm sure I'll pay my dues in the future. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, permit fishing is a lot like winter steelhead fishing, I, I think. <laughs> um, yes. In terms of, yeah, you can't really go expecting success. And if you expect success, you should go fish for something else. Exactly. Really it's, <laughs> it's, it's really just about the experience. And, and what's so awesome about permit fishing is even if you're not catching them, you know, the, the trips I've been on, I've had lots of opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, it, it, it doesn't deter you when you're not getting them if you're getting shots at them because it's super fun and it's, it's really cool um, to experience that. Whereas, you know, after five days of blind casting for winter steelhead, you're like, all right, it might be time to reel it up and go home. <laughs> yeah, when you have those moments and you're just in some really deep, cold water and it's raining and you're soaking wet, you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I haven't had a grab in six days. Winter steelhead, right. it gets cold, but I'm about to go do that in two weeks and punish myself there, so... Well, maybe your good fortune will carry on with you. Maybe I think so. Um, Carly, are you from are you from Bozeman originally? No, I'm actually from Utah originally, and um, went to school in Seattle. After college, I was supposed to do a gap year in Bozeman. I worked for a fly shop there, and then I did a year in Bozeman. Went back to Seattle, worked for a fly shop there for two years, and then moved to Idaho. And as I understand it, you have uh, kind of a long history on the Henry's Fork with your family fishing there. Yeah, so I'm I'm really lucky. This one's a little extra sentimental. My grandpa just passed away, but um, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. I think that's why I've had such good juju. Um, right. I mean, he was definitely there helping us out with permit. But um, so my great grandparents on my dad's side um, bought a cabin in Island Park, and then they've passed it down, and so my grandpa and grandma um have the cabin now it's shared between all the siblings and 
kind of a lot of family members, but that's where my grandpa taught my dad and where he taught us. And it's just been kind of passed down for multiple generations. So super lucky. And now you're a guide on the river? Yeah, which is crazy to think about. That's really cool. I mean, I would have never, A, thought I'd be a fly fishing guide, and then B, would be in Island Park when I was, you know, I was a little kid, riding my bike to the gas station to rent movies and buy some sour candies, and so <laughs> I, like, live across the street from that gas station now. It's super weird. <laughs> How cool. You guide for Trout Hunter Lodge, correct? Yes, that's correct. And as I understand it, you were the first female guide for Trout Hunter Lodge. Is that accurate? That is, which is crazy, but we need more girl guides even applying. It'd be So if there's any girls out there or women looking to guide, I mean, I'm always looking to have more. There's plenty of room. I bet you'll be seeing more of them in, in, uh, in the coming years. I hope so. It'd be fun to split up my dude fest. So, <laughs> and then I read too that you're also an accomplished baker. Oh my God! Yeah. So I, <laughs> my mom, my mom is this incredible baker, and so when I'm, I guess, not fishing or when I'm at home, it's baking pies, cookies, breads, anything. I love baking and cooking. So do you do you provide these homemade goodies on some of your guide trips? I do. I do actually quite a bit. Um, Guide season is getting crazier and crazier, and um, I have a couple, I don't know, 30, 40 day runners, and that's when you might not get baked goods. If you're on, <laughs> like, if you come on day 36, um, <laughs> you might not have cookies, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably getting some store bots. Exactly. I'm like, you'll get, yeah, something in the cooler that's been there a while. But no, we try to keep it fresh, but. It's hard to stay, it's hard to do anything but sleep. And you tie your own flies too, right? I love to tie flies, but I honestly don't tie as many flies as I should. Um, I spend a lot of my winter now um, working in the fly shop, running the Trout Hunters e-commerce and social media. And then I travel a lot in the winter. I do hosted trips, saltwater, and I honestly don't tie as much as I used to. But I like to tie flies. What's uh, what's your favorite fly on the Henry's Fork in, say, July? Ooh, July? Um, well. Or is it a secret? No, no, no. I'm just trying to think. I was like, man, there's so many flies I could pick. And I was thinking back to my last July. I had a weird year where I had golden stones super late into the season. So I was throwing golden stones way longer than what's normal. Um, but it's probably a spinner. I mean, I love... A good old Barrett's two-tone spinner or rusty spinner. Spinner's probably my favorite. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've actually never fished the Henry's Fork, which... What? I fished... Uh, yeah, I've fished every river around there except for the Henry's Fork. Why not? I don't know. I, I don't, I've got no explanation. <laughs> I got nothing for you. I, I don't know why. I've, I've meant to go there a couple times and then... Um, I never made it for one reason or another on my on my trips out there, and uh, yeah, I I got nothing. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to change that. Aren't you in Missoula? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I've fished, you know, all over in Idaho, around there, and um, and Wyoming, and everything. I've just like I've circled I've circled the Henry's Fork many times and never actually stepped foot in it. 
What's a shame? You got to make your way yeah, down here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, maybe I'm saving it, you know? Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe uh, save the best for last or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's what they say, right? So Right. <laughs> no, it's an incredible fishery. I feel every day just lucky I get to be on it. I've learned a lot, and I hope I continue to. So it's been super fun. Yeah, my understanding is there's big fish in there. There's, um, you know, a, a, the mean average of fish is really really good quality um it's technical fishing uh it's kind of got everything that you're looking for in a trout stream yeah exactly and i think a lot of people think harriman ranch and they get a little overwhelmed with like super picky tough technical dry fly only and then what i always like to tell people is yes that's what we all come here for but i mean you could go in the box canyon and nymph up 20 30 fish pretty easily and even have some opportunities to throw dries. Like there aren't, there's a, what's the skiing terminology? You've got your black diamonds and the, is it a blue square? Like I don't even remember <laughs> the blue runs. Yeah, you <laughs> I think got it's it. blue. Am I right? Okay. You got it. Yeah. It's like I haven't skied in a while, but. Um, well, that's, that's what makes an interesting trout fishery too, is when it's, uh, you know, multifaceted and multi-layered like that. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like I'm on a different river every day when it's just a different section. So the guiding never never gets really routine. No, it really doesn't. Because I mean, we also have our Montana guide license, so we had we can go to the Madison if we want, and a lot of us enjoy it. But it can be really crowded. And then the Henry's Fork's nice because we're permitted, so we're only allowed three guides per section per outfitter, and not very many outfitters. So not very many guides versus, you know, going to Lions in July. You're going to wait like an hour to put your boat in. Yeah, they need to do that on the Madison. They really do. And not to get really political. And even if they have to kick out us Idaho guides or do something, I mean, regulations need to happen for our fisheries. Yeah, they do. Um, it's, it's time around here, too, you know. I don't know when the last time you came and fished in Missoula is, but um, uh, the Blackfoot has gotten so crowded. Um, the Upper Bitterroot, you know, they've got some restrictions in place now for guides. and um, But, yeah, unfortunately, we can't police ourselves. So, um, yeah, something has to be done to, to protect the, the resource and the experience, too, you know. Um, I mean, a, a, yeah, a family... Definitely wants to go have a fun fishing day on the Blackfoot in, in early July, they can't. There's too many people out there. There's too many guides. There's, and I'm a guide too, but, um, you know, there's just, there's right now we're, we're, we've, we were at the saturation point, I think a couple of years ago and with COVID, which nobody, I never saw that coming, but, um, yeah, now we're, we're past the saturation point on these rivers, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's, time to have some regulations everybody got a boat this year so our year right. was insane too um especially when we were supposed to be technically closed out of state fishing i mean it was one of the craziest aprils and mays i've ever seen but i'm just glad they didn't shut us down or anything so it I hasn't slowed th- down around here yeah but we were blessed I mean, we got lucky with covid it was a really crazy guide season Despite a lot of cancellations, um, it was really busy, so it was good. And now a brief message from our sponsors. 
Introducing the Trist All-Fly Kit, Composite Development's latest game-changing innovation. Utilizing the same butt section, the All-Fly morphs from 5-weight to an 8-weight via interchangeable sections. Need a little more length? Pop the extender into place and the 9-foot rod becomes a 10-footer. All housed within an ingenious tri-folding magnet rod tube, the All-Fly is the most versatile fly fishing tool ever devised, negating the need for multiple rods. Switch from delicate presentations with tiny parachutes to hucking gaudy coneheads. This package must be seen to be believed. Go to cd-fishing.us, click the video tab, and see the Trist All-Fly in action. And remember to go fishing. How many years have you been guiding down there, Carly? So this will be technically my fourth season, but I only did a half season my first year. So I really have only done two and a half seasons. Oh, wait. Yeah, two and a half. So it'll be, I don't know. They call me a four-year guide, but I started in the end of July my first year. Well, you always round up. <laughs> hey, we are fishermen. I always, I'm like, who's I always being round exact? up. <laughs> yeah. Is there a particular trip or client that that sticks out in your mind? Ooh, there's a lot. Um, honestly, like I said, I feel completely spoiled, and I went from um, guiding in Washington, which I also loved, but we, I was on the Puget Sound a lot, where it didn't really have hatches. I mean, you don't have hatches. And then the Yakima very rarely got the hatches that I get in the Henry's Fork. So I feel like every day is mind-blowing just for bugs and people's opportunities to catch fish and hunt. And, um, I mean, really headhunt for trout, which is really cool. But I think now it's taking days off to go fish with my dad. And, you know, I got to fish with my grandpa a lot last year. And I think those trips matter more than anything. It's just nieces, nephews, family, spending time with friends and trying to balance out my life a little bit. But I mean, any day, there's like so many days I could think of, of like great PMD fishing or Drake's or Golden Stones. I mean, I guess, let's see, last year, let me get you a story. We had, I had two gals that actually go... Um, usually fish with the guide service across the street and their guide they go with is incredible. I mean, I wouldn't, he's like a good friend. It just, I was like, Oh no, I was kind of worried. Like they're going with me. Like they always go with him and they always get them. I can relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I was like, great. But they're like, Oh, there's, you know, he was already booked. So they're like, we guess we'll take you. I was like, thanks guys. So, um, two gals and, um, they killed it. I mean, I'd say one was in their like late fifties and maybe early sixties and we threw golden stones the whole day and we caught, and it's not all about like the size or whatever, but it was fun to throw a single dry and have two awesome gals and we all giggled all day and they threw reach casts and got onto trees. And I mean, I think we had nine fish over 18 and one of the biggest I had all season was from the older gal just, roping in this huge brown trout so it was a great time right on well that worked out well yeah are you now that you're the guide in the family um when you when you go fishing with uh with your dad and and your relatives um do they turn to you for advice do you have to guide when you're not guiding yeah kind of but not really i mean i try not to 
my older brother, I try not to over guide him because he'll just, you know, he doesn't want his little sister who got better at fishing than him to really be telling him what to do. But they're all pretty, I mean, my dad rows, my brother rows, so I get to fish a little bit too. They tie their own flies. And then honestly, all it is is like, hey, there was a fish I've missed the last six weeks here. You know, we haven't been able to get it. Or I finally have some people, and I shouldn't say finally, because it just depends on what you get, but I could get some random people that have never fly fished before, and they bring like their eight-month-year-old baby and their eight-year-old son. I'm like, whoa, 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 like that was not in the notes of what we were doing today. (laughs) But, I mean, long answer, but... Uh, they hold their own pretty good. So it's fun getting to fish with them because I also feel like I'm I'm getting days off, but then I'm on the water so much, I can really tell them where fish are. Right. So when you were working for this fly shop in Seattle, um, what was your role there? Yeah, so I worked for Emerald Water Anglers, and I was their women's program director So it was super fun. I got to, we did a lot. It was a little crazy. We did fly tying every other week, casting every weekend. And um, then I did women group guided trips, which helped um, pair more women together, but then also make the guide trip a little bit more affordable when you're splitting it three ways instead of, you know, booking a guide by yourself because you don't have any other fishing friends or don't know anybody, I guess. So... We were very busy at Emerald Water Anglers. But you didn't have to guide Winter Steelhead over there yourself? No, I never guided for Winter Steelhead. I was pretty new to it, honestly. So I got into the two-handed game in college, but I mean, I didn't even... Actually, this is a funny story. I was on the Olympic Peninsula... And two sim sales reps came up to me, of course. It's like they were single at the time. And, they, you know, there's one female on the Olympic Peninsula. And they're <laughs> like, who, who is this? <laughs> right. Sharks in the water. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, no, they were, like, super playing. We're just nice. And they're buddies now. But it's funny, funny story. And they were with Mia Shepard. And she actually was like, your head's on backwards. Like, I, was, I had no idea what I was doing. It was my first time I rented <laughs> I rented gear from the Avid Angler. I was like 19 years old, and my dad's like, they're still out on the Olympic Peninsula. I'm like, cool. So I go rent a rod, and they give me a two-handed rod, and um, it was a, a nightmare. I mean, I did not catch anything that week, but uh, I learned. I slowly got more and more into the two-handed stuff, and I never wanted to guide for them. Um, a, there's a lot of pressure. And then B, I never really felt like I was an expert enough to be taking people's money. And it's far. I mean, it was a four and a half hour drive from Seattle. Right. But I wanted to. Now I always, I love steelhead. So, but it, you know, I, I had to put in my time. I had to catch a couple more, make it before I start guiding for them. Yeah. Guiding for steelhead is, uh, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> right. I think you got to be half, uh. I think you got to be half crazy. It's funny. Uh, my buddy and I, I was out fishing on the south coast of Oregon here a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine that's been a steelhead guide for a long time. And and um, we were talking about that and somebody had reached out to him, a younger guy that he knew and was like, hey, I think I'm going to start guiding winter steelhead. And, you know, John says, well, why? 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you know, I make some money and uh, I really love it. And I, I think it'd be a, a good a good move for me right now. You know, I got a wife and a kid and, and he's like, okay, none of those reasons that you just gave me. <laughs> justify becoming a winter steelhead guide so really yeah. think about this <laughs> right and the yeah. season's short and you're moving and you're losing so many days to blown out water and i mean if you didn't live there i mean trust me i've like considered it many times but i don't know i just think there's better guides out there already and i don't need to try to be one of them yeah i don't uh, i, I kind of started out guiding as as a steelhead guide, I guided trout too, but I, I'm from Oregon. I'm from the Deschutes originally, and oh um, cool, and man, I uh, yeah, guiding steelhead wears you down. Yeah, when I when I wrapped up my steelhead guiding career, I stepped away from guiding for a few years until, you know, I was like, all right, well maybe I'll try trout guiding again. Here we can we can fish out of the boat, um, you know customers aren't hanging on for dear life trying to wade uh the super rugged river yeah. and trying to <laughs> try to make the cast and everything it was a yeah I, I don't know i don't know steelhead guiding and me are over <laughs> well the deschutes is a tough river i mean when i get back from fishing the deschutes my legs are all completely bruised i mean it's a tough river to wade yeah it is it is that i've had to i had to, to you know swim to to save people and um yeah it's uh it's a rough environment especially for folks that are maybe retired or um you know not as ambulatory as they once were well cool so where uh where are some of the saltwater destinations that you've been to other than other than mexico and, and belize and cuba you mentioned yeah so um i this is also kind of crazy emerald water anglers are First year running a women's fishing program, I decided, like, let's host a trip to Christmas Island. And so I brought eight gals down there, um, I guess just three years ago. And um, we did a week down there, and then our flight didn't come. So we got stuck, and we did two weeks down there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, you, you're yeah. lucky. <laughs> Bonus week. So, totally. Um, but that was a crazy trip, and then we went back the next year. And I've done a little um, saltwater fishing in Florida. And then I've also fished um, Louisiana redfish. So on the on the Christmas Island trip, did you get to experience um, the big GT thing? I did, yeah. So I, um, I got a GT, which was cool, on the flats. And um, it took me, I think, eight or nine days. I didn't get it quite on my first week. So it was perfect that I got stuck an extra week. Um, but I had some crazy GT fishing with one of my best girlfriends. Um, we had GTs like all around us and we are in like belly button deep water. Tide was coming in. I think one of our radios broke and they didn't pick us up for a while. And then all of a sudden it looked like uh, somebody jumped on top of the water like a trampoline and everything went flying out of it. I mean, there was just like oh, wow. bait fishing, like little things flying all around us and then just darts going through the water and there was probably five or six around us and in that moment I mean we were just like a total mess casting each way and we I hooked one in that one and then it came unbuttoned um, after fighting it for a while but 
I had some fun GT fishing, fun bonefish, triggers, I mean everything, but really it was connecting with a bunch of awesome girls down there and bonding, getting stranded on an island together was definitely a big moment for all of us. So it's a good time. Yeah, what a cool experience. That's great that you got stuck down there. I've always heard those stories, you know, that uh, that some folks get lucky in the in the flight to Fiji gets canceled, so they end up uh, getting a bonus week. Yeah, it was so crazy. They're like, well, we, you know, we, uh, I think we actually stayed up that entire night, um, which was also a bad move, and so everybody <laughs> was had a lot of Budweiser in their bellies and your flight I think we had to go to the airport like 4 in the morning and then they're like oh the plane may or may not come we're like what they're like yeah it might not come we're like okay like maybe tomorrow maybe tomorrow and then we're like it's not coming like we have a week here (laughs) so but they took us fishing every single day and we had a great time so all in all we made it it's an amazing place um and that the Louisiana redfish thing you mentioned, um, that's another thing that I have not done yet. I, we had a trip kind of tentatively, tentatively penciled in um, for this last December that we subsequently canceled, of course, due to COVID stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's high on my list. How was that experience for you? Yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's nice just because it's a cheap flight and it's not very far. It's not a different country. It's affordable. Um, New Orleans has great food. Guides are great. Um, it's an easier way to thaw out in November instead of, you know, an island park. It's pretty chilly. So, I mean, I love it. I can't, we're going back again next year and, um, it's a super, super fun trip, especially for a lot of folks that are just starting to get into the um, saltwater game or getting used to standing on top of a flats boat and um, trying to sight cast. So super fun. Awesome. Well, Carly, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, good luck with everything you got going and, uh, and your upcoming guide season. Um, what's the best way for folks to reach you? Yeah, it's uh, probably by email. So just carly.roland at gmail.com um, or reaching out through Trout Hunter, which is trouthunt.com. That's probably best. Cool. And then you have uh, you have an Instagram too, right? Is that just at Carly Roland? Yeah, exactly. Carly, yeah. I was like, is there a period in there? I think it's carly.roland. <laughs> Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.